0: Welcome to the College Park Church of Christ Sermon Series Podcast. This sermon was recorded at the College Park Church of Christ in the Conroe-Porter area. Join us for worship on Sundays at 10.30 a.m. and Wednesday at 7 p.m. Thanks for studying the Word of God with us. Good evening. It's good to see everyone here tonight. I'm glad you're here to continue our study, our series on Eight Weeks to a Better Body. Uh, Sunday we talked about growth and maturity, and tonight we're going to continue with the application side. Uh, but first, before I go into application, I wanted to give a little small, relatively short recap of what uh, Jerry talked about on Sunday. And he started out his sermon with talking about nourishment is equal to God's word. Nourishment being everything you give your body to help your body grow, and you need that in order to live, uh, live your life. Uh, and God's word is everyth- is studying God's word and getting in God's word, and it'll help you if you don't study God's word, you'll never know how to help yourself through life and help yourself make the right decisions according to God's word. A quote that I got that kind of stood out to me during uh, Jerry's sermon was, if you don't put the word in, the word won't come out. And it's very true because if you don't if you don't eat, you won't be able to do anything. Your body won't be nourished. If you don't study the word and read the word, you won't be able to teach someone about the word and kind of move forward with the uh, with spreading the gospel. Next, he talked about bones as equal to the foundation. Like bones in your body, you wouldn't have any structure without your bones. You would technically just be kind of sitting here on the ground not being able to move. Just like Jesus is the foundation of our faith and the foundation of everything we do, and we have salvation through him. Then he talked about muscles and joints as equal to faith. Muscles and joints being everything that that connects the uh, bones see each other, and you have faith that, uh, and trust that those muscles are going to move, and the joints are going to hold, and the different things you do in life, is equal to faith. Faith, you you trust in Jesus that He's going to be there, and He holds to His promises like He said He would. He says He will. Then he talked about the circulatory system is equal to love. Circulatory system being everything that, that takes nourishment around through your body to the different organs and the different. Uh, types of systems that's inside your body and and if you have the right nourishment it will go out there and it'll fight and 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 without the circulatory system delivering everything and keeping everything nourished you the like the organs just would not survive if no blood is going to your uh, to your brain your brain would not survive that's just like love. If you don't show love to your fellow and you pretty much won't, even, you won't have fellow brother. You need to give love to everyone that you see, and that's unconditional love. Don't give love just because they give love back to you. And a quote from Jerry's sermon on Sunday was, if we're not sending love to every member, we'll lose someone. So if you're not showing love to someone and, showing, and allowing that person to just sit in the back row and you never talk to them and they're going to leave soon after services eventually— after they get tired of kind of trying to talk to someone, and if no one's showing them love and and talking to them, they would end up not coming back, thinking, oh, well, God's people just don't love people, and so they won't come back. But, of course, we love everyone, so we should give love to everyone that we come across. And then he talked about the senses and discernment. He talked about how your senses are what helps you navigate the world. Your sight, smell, touch, taste, and hear... I think that's about five of them uh help you navigate through it help you are able to not step into a hole or touch fire you know exactly what everything is you, you can see everything that's coming above coming in front of you and that's how discernment kind of helps you out in life and discernment in the word it helps you discern between the good and the evil of things and how things will affect your life and affect your christian life as a whole then he talked about the immune system, how the immune system protects your body from the different viruses that can come in and also help heal your body and uh, and how that equates over into God's armor. God's armor protects you from the, the attacks of the devil, the attacks of the evil. And if you feed the immune system, you nurse the immune system, it'll build the Im- immune system. If you study God's word, it'll make the God, God's armor stronger and better uh, and help you better see the good and the evil in everyday life. Then he talked about the checkup side. Now, I know uh, in my 20s and early 30s, I wasn't really worried about checkups because I felt like I could jump off of a uh, second floor story building and not have an issue. And I really didn't when I was a kid. But as I got to my mid 30s and 40s, you kind of don't do that anymore because you know you're going to get hurt. So which means you know you need to get checked up. And I would say you need to get checked up your entire life even though if you feel like you don't need it. That's just like accountability. You need, you need accountability in your everyday Christian life. You need to have someone who is there to help you through the troublesome times and help you through the good times and be there keeping you lifted up and not allowing you to stay in that one spot. Then lastly, he talked about production and how that equals uh, growth and maturity. And every good work that we do is, is what helps produce and helps go forward. And on the production side in the body, all the nourishment and the bones and the muscles, nourishing everything you have in your system, helps your production, helps you actually go out and do and, and do the things that God wants you to do. Just like God's word, uh, studying God's word uh, and the foundation and the faith and, and all the items on the right side of the list helps your growth and helps you mature and understand uh, God's word. And I want to mention here on the production side, on, on the growth and maturity, that production isn't always super quick. You're not going to plant a seed and it's going to grow next day. You may water that seed for years before it actually, creates, before it actually grows and becomes uh, fruitful, but it will go. So keep planting and keep watering and God will give the increase in due time. So now that's the uh, recap of it. So let's move into the application side of of growth and maturity. And in going through Jerry's sermon and looking through it and and listening to it on Sunday, I came across two questions that kind of stuck out in my mind. And we're going to start with the first one, which is, why are you not growing or maturing? And that could be you. It could be Christians in general. Why are Christians in general not growing and maturing? And what came to mind was six items, and let's start with the first one, which is, you're not spiritually feeding yourself. Second, Thim- Second Timothy 2:15 to 16, we study to show thyself to prove unto God a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth, but shun profane and vain babblings, for they will increase unto more ungodliness. So you should study to show yourself approved unto God. And that's not just showing yourself approved unto God. That's showing everyone out in the world too. So that way you can respond in a godly manner, not respond in a worldly way and have a good response to everything you do. And on top of that, as you study the word of God and you're spiritually feeding yourself, you will be better at seeing the uh, profane vain babblings of those who just like to talk because they like to hear themselves speak. And it will help you not follow them because if you follow those that like to talk just because they like to hear themselves, you will lead yourself into more and more ungodliness and ultimately you will um, leave the church. Hebrews 4.12 reads, For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and the marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. So you need to study the word of God. You need to uh, study it because it will allow you to have a better response to everything. It is powerful. It is a living word. And, it's sharp, and just like a, a sharp sword cuts through uh, bone and flesh and everything, and, and everything it comes across, you want a two-edged sword that God's word will cut through and help you discern between good and evil. The second one is not getting spiritually fed. Now, this is something that someone is kind of spiritually feeding you, and I understand that it can come across as someone spiritually feeding you, and that is true. But let's read about this in 1 Corinthians 3:1 through 3 ESV, which reads, But I, brothers, could not address you as spiritual people, but as people of the flesh, as infants in Christ. I fed you with milk, not solid food, for you were not ready for it. And even now you are not ready. For you are still of, of the flesh. For while there is jealousy and strife among you, are you not of the flesh and behaving only in the human way? While you do have someone who is spiritually feeding you, maybe that person who is spiritually feeding you cannot feed you the solid food because you are only feasting on the milk. You are only drinking the milk. You're not ready to hear the, 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 the meat and take on the meat. So you need to do your best to grow yourself from the uh, from the milk and into the solid food and stop doing everything in a human way and do it in a more godly manner Hebrews eleven six reads but without faith it is impossible to please him for he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder to them that diligently seek him so if you don't have the trust that Jesus Christ is the son of God and that you don't and you've gotten to a point where you just don't believe that, then how can you trust the person who is trying to feed you the word of God? You have to have that initial spiritually, you have to be spiritually feeding yourself first to have someone else be able to spiritually feed you. The third one is not being in the proper environment to be fed. And the question of this is, do you put yourself in the proper environment? You you can't, Stay at home flipping through TikTok and YouTube and expect to be properly fed. Not, that's not a good spot for it. Being properly fed isn't, also isn't just showing up on a Sunday or a Wednesday night when the church is meeting. You need to be properly fed, let's just say, seven days a week. The other five days, you need to be properly fed. Ephesians 4.14-16 4, reads, "...that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine." By the slight of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive, but speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ, for whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth, according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. So we don't want to be like children. Children go after that dopamine effect. Whatever makes them happy is going to, what they're going to believe and what they're going to run after. You don't want to do that as a Christian. You want to go after the right, the, the Word of God and do the right thing within the Word of God and not allow yourself to get tossed here and there by every doctrine you may read on, on Google or on any other type of search website. You want to understand, you want to be in a, in a good space to learn from Christians and those that have studied to the depth that you want to go as well. And studying and being in that proper environment will help you speak in the right truth and love in all that you do. 1 Timothy 4, 7 through 8 reads, But refuse profane and old wise fables, and exercise thyself rather unto godliness. For bodily exercise profits little, but godliness is profitable unto all things, having promise of the life, That now is and of that which is to come. So, to exercise thyself, I look at it as you hanging out with other Christians, other brethren, brothers, and sisters, and listening to them. You don't even have to be there talking to them, you can just be in the same group. And let's say you you, you want to be in the proper environment. Well, that proper environment outside of a Sunday or Wednesday service could be on a ladies' fellowship or a men's fellowship or a family game night. And let's say you don't know any of the men in the congregation. Let's say you're here and you just you don't know any of them. Well, go to a men's fellowship. I guarantee you somebody will talk to you. There's someone in this room currently that will talk to you. And then they'll ask you questions. You won't always be the silent one in the room. Trust me. The fourth one is no one is challenging you. And I know that you have to have someone to pull you out of your uh, of your situation. You have to have someone to... Push you to be better than you were. And if no one's there to do that, you're not gonna grow. You're not gonna mature in in as a Christian. Galatians 6:10 reads, Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. So we should do our best to challenge each other and bear the burdens of others that we are that, that are able and need the uh and need the help from other and, and need the help from other Christians. James five sixteen reads, "Confess your faults one to another, and pray one for another, that ye be, that ye may be healed." The effectual fervent prayer of the righteous man availeth much. So, if you're going through life thinking you're going to take care of it yourself, you're going to pray for it yourself, you're not going to talk to another person, that's not the right way to go. You need to confess your faults, and I would I would safely say, if you attend men' fellowships or the fellowship, different fellowships that we have, you would get closer to a brother or sister in Christ, would allow you to be more free-flowing with confessing your thoughts and talking to them, so that way you can have someone else that's also praying for you and you're not just trying to take care of it yourself. Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 10 reads, Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor, for if they fall, the one one will lift lift up his fellow, but woe to him that is alone when he falls, for he hath not another to help him up. So you want to have someone there that's in your court that's right there next to you to, to kind of hold on to. You. And if you start falling, you got to have someone that's going to contact you and say, look, you kind of need to, you know, let's just get it going. Let's help you up and and just move forward. Because if you don't have anyone there, you're going to fall and you're probably going to stay there. And, and it's going to be like the world today. The world today, if you see someone sitting on the side of the road, a lot of times people think that, oh, someone else will take care of that. And if you're not the one helping them out and, you're, and you don't have a second person there, then you could fall into that type of a uh, a path. And we need someone else because Proverbs 27, 17 said, reads, Iron sharpeneth iron, so a man sharpeneth the countenance of his friend. So you want someone there to help sharpen you, and you need, uh, and you need to have that sharp sword. You need to have that sharp sword so you can uh, attack the the good and the bad, and you can understand better. And you need to have someone who's actually going to challenge you and make you sharper and not just uh, say everything is good and give you attaboys. Hebrews 5.14 reads, But strong meat belongs to them that are full age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised and discern both good and evil. And like I said before, you want to get in with brethren, be in the right location so you can have your senses exercised. And exercising is challenging you and challenging you to be better than you were the day before and challenging you to be better tomorrow than you were today. So that way you don't fall into the evil and you can stay in the good and do the best that you can to make the right decision. Number five is too many worldly influences. And on the worldly influences... It is oftentimes a result of a hard heart if you have too many worldly influences and you're not growing. And there, are some, there is some worldly influence in your life that you know you should give up and you're just not willing to totally give it up. And that's primarily kind of what's holding you from growing and maturing. You're holding on to something that you know you shouldn't. And you won't grow until you surrender that to God and allow him to give the increase and allow him to go forward, like your, your Christian walk to go forward. First John 2, 5-17 reads, Do not love the world of, or the things of the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh and the desires of the eyes of the, and pride of life, is not from the Father but is from the world. And the world is passing away, away along with its desires. But whosoever does the will of God abides forever. So it's saying you don't want to love the world and do the worldly things. If all your friends want to go out and do worldly things then you need to make a decision and allow your friends to go do their thing and you need to stay away from those worldly issues and, and follow God. <clears throat> because ultimately going after the worldly items and the worldly things that uh, that are here will go away at the very end of your life and you'll only have... Uh, Whatever uh, the work that you've done for God in the end. The sixth section, the last section, is no real purpose. Now this is one that can kind of bring on uh, depression. I'm not saying depression is always caused by not having a real purpose, but it is one of the things that can bring on depression because you have no idea what you should be doing today, you have no idea what you should be doing tomorrow. Now I want to go into the whenever Saul's track was on into Damascus and on that track he he was on his way to persecute some more to, to persecute Jews or persecute Christians and on that way Jesus stopped him in his tracks and he and he shone a big light and Saul sat down there, got down on his knees and said, Who is this? Is this Lord is that Lord, is that you? And Jesus responded back with this, it's Jesus, the one that you persecute. And in Acts 9, 6, it reads, And he, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what wilt thou have me do? And the Lord said unto him, Arise, and go into the city, and it shall be told thee what thou must do. So Saul arose, being, and he's blind at this point, he can't see. He arose, and he stayed into her house. And at this point, Jesus went over to Ananias, and had Ananias go there and lay his hands on him, and to give him his sight. And, he, and Jesus told him that, Don't worry, He will be changed. He's not the same Saul that you knew. And then he becomes Paul soon after that. Now I want to look at this section that I bolded here that says, Arise and go into the city, and it shall be told thee of what thou must do. If you're feeling that you have no real purpose, you need to arise and go into the city. And then we got to ask the question of what will you do? Well, we read what we'll do in Mark 16, 15 to 16, which it says, And he said unto them, Go ye into the world, and preach the gospel to every creature, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. So when you go into the city, you need to preach the gospel and baptize all those that believe and save them and add them to the kingdom. And so they can be added to the uh, kingdom of Christ, kingdom of God. So that's the six sections I've kind of broken out, like, w- broken out what are you, why you're not growing or maturing in your Christian walk. And so the second question that came to mind is, how do we grow and mature? Well, it's kind of pretty simple, and it's basically the inverse of all these six items, and it comes down to spiritually feeding yourself, studying the Word of God. I've mentioned that a lot during the sermon, and getting spiritually fed and being in the proper environment. You won't be spiritually fed unless you're in the proper environment. And you need someone who's challenging you, someone who can... Make sure that what you believe in, or, and what you understand is the right way and is understood properly. And ultimately the goal is to have no worldly influences. That's the goal. But if you have small, a small amount, a few worldly influences, like three of them or so, uh, the other work that you do in one through four will overcome those worldly influences and you'll be able to completely eradicate your worldly influences. And then The last one is knowing your real purpose, knowing that you need to get out there, not sit at your house, not sit on TikTok or YouTube and do nothing basically. And get up and get out there and spread the gospel and do what and do what Jesus has asked and called you to do. The last verse is Hebrews 5:11 through 14, the ESV version which reads. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need some, someone to teach you again the basic principles of the oracles of God. You need milk, not solid food. For everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word, word of righteousness, since he is a child. But solid food is for the mature, for those who have their powers of discernment, trained by the constant practice and distinguish good from evil. So maybe you were baptized years ago and so by now and if you've done all those six items I mentioned previously you should be teaching and maybe you're not teaching and you and you're not understanding why you're not able to teach not coming to you you were baptized years ago well maybe it's because you're still feeding on the milk you're not actually getting into the solid food so that way you can be be a teacher and teach the word of God and so you need to mature and do everything you can to be better so that way you can train those that need to understand the word of God better and also spread the gospel. Maybe tonight after, the, after looking through the six items of how, why you're not growing, maybe you've looked at it and said maybe, maybe one or two will apply to you or maybe you feel like none of them apply to you, which I think some of them apply to all of us in every single day. We're not all perfect in everything that we do. And you would like to come forward and ask for help and how to be better and, and how to be better than the way, you, the way you were before, today, yesterday. Or maybe tonight you come here and you would like to be baptized and become a child of Christ and be baptized for the mission of your sins. Either way, please come forward as we stand and sing the song that's been selected. Thanks for joining our Sermon Series podcast today. For more, check us out on YouTube or come worship with us on Sunday mornings and Wednesday evenings.